I want to welcome you to the Bites Business and Beats Podcast. I'm your host, DP, aka the Hustle Economist. And today we are talking about wholesale distribution. And all that is, is the transfer of goods and products from the manufacturer to the customer. For example, General Mills, they make Cheerios and they need to get their Cheerios from the manufacturing plant or from their warehouses to say Walmart or Target or some other company and wholesale distributors, they just transport the box of cereal to, to, those, to those stores. And there is a lot of money to be made in supplying these stores. So sitting with me here today, I have a man that needs no introduction. Okay, well, he needs no, he needs no introduction in my family at least. But to you guys, okay, maybe so. But uh, his name is Eric Prather. He's family. My nephew. And I'm privileged to have him here sitting sitting here with me. And um, he's a, a definitely an expert in this industry. So everyone, let's give Eric Prather a hearty round of applause. Right, so Eric... Tell me a little bit about your background. First of all, thanks for having me. Great to see you again. Uh, it's definitely an honor to be on here. Um, but as far as uh, background, man, you know, I, of course, uh, went to college. I majored in retail management and marketing. Uh, got out, started off, I, you know, worked for, of course, the largest retailer in the world, which is Walmart. Uh, did that for a few years, and I think I made one of the best changes in my career, uh, which was to leave that retail side of it to come to the, I'll say, wholesale side. You know, one time I started off with a broker uh, where I did a lot of work for um, Mars, which is like M&M's, candy bars, Snickers, things like that. So it's Mars snack foods, but also their pet care division. So I managed teams and things like that where they had routes from service in stores. Uh, I left there. Of course, did a few other ventures here and there. Went to Frito-Lay, one of the largest snack food companies on the planet. Uh, and then left there to come to where I am now with Campbell Snacks, because I don't do soup, but everyone always hears the Campbell's part. Um, but I represent uh, Pepperidge Farms products and Snyderland's products. So, of course, everyone knows goldfish, but we also have cookies and bread. That's Pepperidge Farms. And then the Snyder pretzels and the um, late July tortillas, Cape Cod chips and Lance crackers and uh, Archway cookies as well. So uh, beyond that, you know, my position is called a market development leader or an MDL where I'm the liaison between the company and our IDPs or independent business partners that own their routes and they buy the product from us as the manufacturer and deliver to each of the retailers in you know in the store setting there uh, we you know help them with different issues consult them on their business and just try to help them grow on a daily monthly weekly uh, basis there and yearly of course so Eric I believe it was a couple of summers ago 
you shared an opportunity that I was like, wow. Uh, I think the opportunity was to buy a route for 75K or 80K. And I think you shared with me something like the profitability was 90K a year. And that's like a, a awesome opportunity at the time. But can you can you walk us through like buying routes and the profitability of routes and and is this really a, a really good deal? Sure thing. Yeah, you know those uh, IDPs I mentioned earlier or independent business partners? Um, depending on the company, they can have different names, but I'll just refer to them as IDPs, right? <clears throat> um, they they purchase their routes from the manufacturer or whoever has it set up. So in our case, I have Pepperidge Farm, uh, Cookie, or, uh, Cookie and Cracker, or the Pepperidge Farm Bakery or Bread Routes as we refer to them, and then there's the Snyder Lance routes. But uh, other companies like Little Debbie, uh, Mission Foods, Better Made, Pete's Coffee, uh, Aunt Millie's Bread, I think Flowers Bread, and there's you know many others out there where they uh, are DSD vendors or partners to stores like Walmart, Target, Meyer, Food Lion, and such. Um, so if you were interested, you know, you find a route, you can get a loan, it's maybe like 10-year loan to, to pay it back. But um, <clears throat> I know the, the one that we were uh, speaking of was, I want to say it was probably a mission route uh, for that 80K uh, purchase price. And the gross um, amount for the year was about 90 to 95,000. Of course, you take your expenses out of that, you know, like your... Uh, of course, that route payment, but your um, purchase inventory, depending on what company and how they have it set up. Some of them do consignment where you don't necessarily pay for it. You can get it, put it in a store, and earn that commission that way. Others, you pay up front, get the product to the store, and then get your commission on it. Uh, so there's a few different mechanics depending on the company, but uh, the whole idea is the same. You're purchasing from the manufacturer in bulk on this route, and depending on the geography and the stores and um, whatnot and you know how much growth there is on it, um, you can be pretty profitable. <clears throat> Excuse me. As we said, this one in particular, you can purchase for about 80000 at the time and bring in ninety to 95000 Well, uh, with the, you know, sales skills of your, you know, whoever purchases that and owns that route or you have running that route uh, in addition to the, you know, management that the company might have in place and how they're doing, you know, that route can grow significantly uh, as well. So it's one of those opportunities where I said, man, this is, this is an industry that, you know, you don't really think of or know much about. And, um, a lot of people tend to venture in this after they've, uh, done something that was adjacent to it or working in a retail store or working for a manufacturer. And then they decide, man, I can go into business for myself and make this money. And you purchase, a uh, the route, you get a truck and trailer or, uh, you know, or just, um, you know, some type of way to uh, pick up the product and get it delivered to the store uh, where people have also purchased multiple routes and gone on to have um, other people that work for them. So they pay them to run the route and merchandise or they have separate merchandisers that show up after hours or on the weekends or something like that when they're off. So um, it, for the most part, it just involves um, 
either a single route or multiple routes, getting a product and getting it into the stores and however you choose to do that. So, wow, that sounds great. But like, how do I find out about these routes? Do I just call up like little Debbie, like, hey, y'all, y'all got a route? Y'all got routes for sale? You know, how, how does that work? <laughs> it's funny you say that. The answer is yes. Um, <laughs> well, maybe not specifically for Little Debbie, but um, I know with Pepperidge Farms, we have a, a website, number one, pfroutes, I think, .com. You can go there and it lists the routes. You can, you know, filter by states and cities and such and, and see what's there. Uh, but I've done some searches online, just uh, DSD routes for sale, like direct store delivery, direct service delivery. Um, there's uh, the routeexchange.com, um, routesforsale.net, and many others that I've just randomly found on sites uh, just to see what's out there. So a lot of times you, you can just call up a company that you know deals and, and has these routes and say, hey, how do I get in touch with someone? And they, and, or you can go online, do a search, put in your information, and someone will call you. But in a, a lot of cases, um, for instance, our pfroutes.com, um, the routes are listed, and those are listed by the current owners of the route. So if you put your information in there, you be contacted by the actual owner of the route who happens to be selling the route. Uh, other times it does go through uh, someone, an agent of the company, if it's a company-owned route or depending on the company and how they handle those transactions. But uh, in, in our case, most of the time it's owner to potential um, owner uh, transaction or communication, then the transaction we get involved after there's a deal in place, so to speak. All right, gotcha, gotcha. So this is a business podcast, so let's let's break down these expenses a little bit more. So so say I bought this route, I got a I got a little hybrid, I got a trunk that the size of a I can carry around like two gallons of water in it, right? So that's probably not going to be great in and delivering product to stores. So I imagine I got to buy a truck with insurance and all of that. Can you sort of just break down all the costs that would go into uh, procuring a route? <laughs> yeah, um, it can sound daunting at first, you know, when you start thinking, oh man, all these costs and uh, having a little hybrid uh, is a good idea, but it should probably be a high powered enough to pull a trailer full of products so um just i'll kind of run through a few of these things uh the you know first once you purchased a route um you know you have that route payment uh and i'll go into a little detail in a moment but then you have that insurance payment you have the fuel cost your inventory uh, if you happen to have anyone that uh, works for you such as a merchandiser who comes in and stocks the product on you know your off days or uh, after hours or something like that you know you can decide with that person you know what it's worth to pay them some people might do ten dollars an hour some people might do twenty five dollars a store or whatever the case may be uh, so people have kind of um, expanded or negated costs depending on their um, I'll say expertise in, in who they're getting the merchandise for them or what their needs are but most uh, of these routes are I would say a one-man operation and um, I'll give in a, a little bit of example when I first came to Campbell Snacks uh, there was a route that was open and it was a good way to kind of just throw me to the wolves, put me in the fire and do it and, and learn a few things. So I was running a Snyder Lance route in, in Harbor, Michigan. 
and it was currently for sale. The previous owner, I guess, kind of walked away. He bought the route and bought a brand new truck and uh, was kind of in over his head um, somehow. I don't know how. And me having experience in the industry, even though this wasn't my position, it was uh, something in my area. And once again, it was a good way for me to learn the company and the product. So um, I think the route was for sale for around 50000 if not a little bit less at the time. Um, the sales, weekly sales were probably at, 3,800 a week or 4,000. I think by the time I was done with it, it was uh, close to 8,000. Um, and I didn't get a commission on it because I worked for the company. Uh, but the commission was about 15, maybe 16% or something like that. But at the um, $50,000 cost of the route, and just say you you know have a route payment over ten years, uh, typically when not a traditional uh, bank will, will give it to you, but there's other companies that specialize in these types of loans. Um, but you know that route payment would be like a hundred dollars a week, so four hundred a month monthly for ten years, right? On a, the fifty thousand uh, dollar cost of the route, the eight thousand sales weekly. Um, that 15% commission would end up being $1,200 a week. Uh, and they do typically pay out, well, we pay out every week uh, based on the commission. Some companies may do differently. Um, but then that comes up to 62500 a year, right, gross. Uh, but then I think the truck was running me at the time. I can't remember what fuel exactly was running, maybe $299, $3 a gallon um, in, in most weeks. But... I want to say it was costing about uh, $100 a week, so 400 monthly for fuel. Um, and then if the, the insurance on the vehicle as well, so let's say that was $200. Uh, our inventory uh, setup is that we're on consignment, so our IDPs don't have to pay up front, um, which we just actually switched it out a few years ago. I think it's worked out better because people can lean into it and order as much as they want and need to take those risks and grow their business. Um, one caveat to that, though, is, uh, you know, depending on the company, there is a such thing as stale or stale relief uh, might be given in other companies, um, whereas... If you order a product and it goes out of date while it's in the store or on your truck, then you eat the cost of it, uh, depending on you know the, what company it is. Sometimes um, the IDP will eat half the cost and the company will do the other half, or the company will do stale relief up to a certain amount, or they will... Um, have stale relief which is basically forgiveness on uh new items or such you know so if we have a a new type of bread that comes out we say hey order all you want it's stale relief for the first 90 days or six months while that new product is getting off the ground uh after that then we'll go you know half on every dollar with you or something like that um whereas for chips, it might be, hey, dollar for dollar, um, if it goes stale, the IDP eats the cost of it. So uh, the expenses can, once again, range, but it does take a little bit of um, knowledge and, in, in, in I'll say, building that, that skill set of knowing how much you can go through each week and inching it up and, um, you know, making that determination. You never want to be caught having too little product, but uh, it can almost be 
just as bad to have too much product because then it's just you know costing you money because you're overloaded with it and stelling it out but um you know the far as other costs like let's say you say where, where can i get a truck from uh, or if you have a pickup truck well i need a trailer uh, where can i get that from i mean of course i've driven by plenty of stores that sell trailers on the street um, or you can just look them up online i think uh, depending on the size of a trailer of course they can run from 4k up to 12k 15k you know you get a good 16 and uh yeah, 16-foot trailer with a double door on the back that uh, swings open or one that folds down like a ramp or something like that, uh, you know, get real fancy with lights in it. They can make these things, you know, as, 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 as fancy as you want. But um, the vehicle payment, um, I've seen or, yeah, I've seen some U-Haul trucks, maybe a, I think a 15-foot truck go for as low as five grand uh used and then you know there's others that are going to cost 10 15 grand once again you you make that determination um just like buying a, a regular car you know uh, but this is just for the business uh, aspect of it um so you know, like I said, it, it can vary, and I hope I'm giving enough for people to be able to make some determination. But uh, and that's, I think, on on some some low ends, just based on uh, example of me running this one particular route and uh, having these things that obviously I wasn't paying for it, that the company was paying for, but um, I, I was privy to. Uh, another situation, I have like one of my top guys owns a bread route. Uh, wonderful guy. He averages twenty six thousand right now uh, on his bread route uh, sales a week, and his commission rate is twenty two percent. So I want to say you know every week that's uh, about fifty seven hundred in commission. So what two hundred ninety six thousand a year is his gross, uh, and obviously. He has to do his route payment, which actually I think he just paid it off like sometime last year. So uh, more of it's going to his pocket. But of course, the fuel, the insurance, uh, those are always going to be costs that you you have as long as you're running the route and have a vehicle. Um, you know, of course, any repairs are going to be uh, out of pocket as the business owner. Um, and of course, a lot of people have great. Uh, accountants that they hire so when they're doing their taxes they're learning all the different things that they can deduct and take off um and you know that actually get their effective tax rate down to lower than you know what they would probably pay if they just had a a normal job where they're bringing in two hundred and ninety six thousand a year you know um gross <laughs> um you know of course they also have to put away for their retirement and all that if they want because uh once again it's like a one-man operation but uh in most cases uh but there are other people who like i said have expanded and own multiple routes they'll hire those merchandisers to come in or they'll have um one route that they're running but own three other routes and they're paying three individuals to run those uh other individual routes so usually a route is you know it, it can vary depending on the product but usually routes are set up where one person can handle each route um and just like stocks i'll say when the route gets too big because let's face it um <laughs> 
stores may open, stores may close, right? Uh, I mean, there's two new Meyer stores that are opening within two weeks here in, in, in Michigan, a brand new format. Um, but, you know, if the, they went crazy and started populating these new format Meyer stores all over the state and areas that were underserved, uh, then some routes might say, oh, man, I, I, I can't physically make it to 20 stores every week and spend a decent amount of time there. So that it would be like a stock and they would split those routes to, um, you know, be 10 stores each or they might sell uh stores off to a neighbor or something like that and they come up with an individual sale price based on the sales of the route and uh that's another uh thing to think about depending on the company and the route structure routes can go for like um 10 to 1 on their, their sales or 20 or 30 to 1 on their sales so it's not common to say wow this route uh, brings in, um, you know, 50000 a year and they're only selling it for 50000 huh? you think it would be a scam or something like that, uh, but depending on the route, I, I mean, I don't know the reasons why, uh, but I've actually seen it um, where there are routes like that, but then there's other routes that bring in 50000 a year and they're selling for $100,000, and you might say, well, you know, it's a no-brainer, I'm just going to go with the other one that costs fifty, and I can bring in fifty. well, depending on the area or the product it may not be growth or it could be on the decline or or might have some growth and just hasn't gotten there yet so everyone's going to have to make that individual decision on what's best for them based on the geography the products the area and what their goals are as well as their skills and abilities but um once again hopefully those numbers can um help you know give someone a little more or uh guidance in 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 um, a view under the tent, I'll say. Wow. Interesting. So let me kind of just wrap my head around all this. So in that one example, I think you shared that, uh, one gentleman, uh, with commissions was making 296 a year. And so he's got to be making, uh, product sales well over a million, which that sounds, you know, that's not like he got a pretty nice route there. And then you have the um, cost. So he, he just has a, he, he's running around himself. He has his transportation and uh, insurance and gas and paying the cost of the route if, he, if, he's, if he's still paying for the, whatever you pay for the route. And so it, it sounds like there's not a, a, an incredible amount of expenses. Uh, that sounds pretty reasonable to uh you know, especially particularly if a very profitable route that you can, um, yeah, do do pretty well. Yeah, I mean, I hope I painted an accurate enough picture. But uh, <clears throat> as with everything, it's gonna be what you make of it. Um, there's a lot of sweat equity that goes into it. You know, uh, some people or most people in this industry are getting up pretty early, um, and they're also working <laughs> in those weekends or at least one day of the weekend. So. Um, you know, it's not always the, the rosiest thing, but, <clears throat> uh, yeah, the, those, those numbers, uh, are, are pretty impressive and, you know, just, I think all of my geography together might be 10 to 12 million a year. And yeah, he was responsible for over a million himself. Um, so yeah, it, it, it is, it is like really, really great. And that is a, a really great route and not every route is going to be like that, but it can vary depending on the company. 
Um, and, you know, like I said, it, it does take a lot of hard work, but if you're a person that's out there, you're willing to, you know, you know, engage with the store or the personnel in the store and, you know, sell the product and fill the product, uh, you can, you know, build that route to be spectacular. And then we're on. there are some other examples of people that are just fine with filling the shelf and they don't want any extra displays and their routes are still bringing in 10,000. Uh, I'm sorry, they're, they're selling 10,000 a week and then they're commissioned off of that just based on filling the shelf and not having any extra displays. It drives me crazy as a sales manager because I know there's growth and potential, but that's fine with them. So, um, you know, we, we we're trying to help everything grow and, and be as profitable as possible. But uh, believe me, some some of these uh, opportunities are out there for them to grow, and uh, there's some routes that might not have that opportunity. Um, so it's just being a little educated and, and trying to understand and um, get as much information as possible to make that decision. Seems like if you have the money and the sweat equity that you're good to go with getting a route. Now, understand that there maybe a requirement to provide a business plan, but yeah, it sounds like, yeah. And, and I understand that you don't need a college degree either that, yeah, again, you have the money and put in, put in the time that this could be a uh, opportunity, good, a good opportunity. Now, what about uh, age and like, is there anything about like being like a certain age is too physical for you or say if you have a bad back, could it, could this not be a good job for you? <laughs> well, I'll say, um, yeah, that, that, that's, you know, something that's kind of interesting about this. Um, I would say from 18 to actually there's 80 year old people that own routes. Um, and not to sound rude, but not, I'm not going to say, uh, blind, but there's some people that might have some disabilities or, um, whatnot as well, um, that have, own routes, run routes, um, you know, depending on the product, it, it, it can vary. You know, uh, I'll just use an example like Pete's Coffee. Uh, bags of coffee individually are not that heavy, but then they have some larger ones that are. And then when you're dealing with the cases of them, they can get heavy. But some people found ways to manage that aspect of it. Um, you know, individually, bags of goldfish crackers um, are small uh, so they're not that heavy in a in a case either, but multiple bigger cases or the bulk um, uh, cartons of our thirty ounce ones, you know, they they might be. Uh, but bread is probably a lot heavier on a tray um, versus you know just one or two individual loaves. So um, there's men, there's women. Uh, there literally are eighteen year olds and there are eighty year olds in the industry uh, as far as education. Uh, no, not necessarily a requirement for that. Uh, we, of course, would like to have uh, anyone with some business savvy and and uh, open mind, uh, but it's not always a requirement. Um, you know, I, people have grown up in the business. Uh, other people have come to it new uh, and have been open-minded and just willing to engage and, and, and sell and, and fill the shelves and, you know, gain displays and have been very successful. So, uh, once again, it's going to be what you make of it. 
um, you know, you, you, you put in that work and a lot of time it's, it's going to pay off, especially if you're great at building relationships. Uh, there's, you know, managers or receivers in stores that have been there 20 and 30 years. And actually, quite honestly, I'm, I'm 44 years old and I have a few people that, you know, have owned their routes for 42, 43 years, you know, um, and, you know, and it's not even that I get intimidated, like, oh my gosh, you know everything. Uh, the industry has changed, technology has changed, so there's still something I can bring to the table for them and show them a different way of looking at things, especially with my background on the retail side of it and how the retailer thinks, uh, in addition to, you know, coming in as a sales manager here. So, um, you know, it, once again, it's going to be what you make of it, and things are forever changing and uh growth is the goal so um i'll leave it at that wow thank you so much for coming on this podcast is hearing your your expertise your passion your experience in this field you've opened my mind to a field i knew nothing about and I, again, I just want to thank you for your time thank you for you know you we worked a full day you came out here and you um spent it educating our listeners and uh yeah but this is what this podcast is all about it's about bringing uh, or allowing people to share their expertise and helping others uh, explore new opportunities and new fields that they may not know about so once again thank you eric for coming down and uh yeah we'll, we'll look forward to maybe we'll have you on the show at another time because you're a man of many talents well maybe we'll talk about something else down the road all right well that um concludes the uh bites business and beats podcast and i wish you guys well